Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. Here to talk about retirement planning risks today. Thanks, Michael. New segment. Um, this sort of uh, touches on a, a podcast we recently did where we said there's no such thing as no risk. And, and what I wanted to cover off on here is that when we're talking about planning for retirement or investing or anything, risk is one of those words that people covers all manner of sins. People use it for, for, for all these different things. They use the same word to mean a heap of different things. And so what I actually want to do is, is to break down different types of risk and what it's actually referring to and, and how that relates to retirement planning so that I guess people can, um, I guess, work through each of these. And, and I guess there's two parts of it. There's, number one is it's firstly just the realisation that there is no, there's no real way to optimise for for all of these risks at the same time. They are a trade-off. Inherently, the only way to, to get rid of one of these risks is to transfer it across into another department. And mm. so, as we go through each of these, what I'd sort of invite people to do is have a think about which of these you think is most relevant to you or which of these have you probably not really thought of as it, as it relates to your retirement planning and, and is that something that you potentially might need to plan for. Um, so, and that's kind of where, as, as we go through this, you'll see for most people, there'll be something that jumps out. They go, yeah, that's, that's what risk means to me. And it's kind of those things where you go, it's, it means different things to different people. And that's why if you can you know, put the right words on this, we, we talk about this with our clients about trade-offs all the time. Mm-hmm. We bang on about this in the podcast all the time about these trade-offs is that the first step to making a choice about what trade-off you want to make is understanding each of the options and the pros and cons of that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first one today, um, what we wanted to talk about was purchasing power risk. Mm. Um, now, what it actually is, uh, this, this sort of refers to the fact that over time, things get nominally more expensive. So, uh, and this is you know, another word for this is, is inflation, um, is that mm. goods and services get nominally more expensive. Things cost more, more dollars to buy the same, the same goods and services over time. Uh, the the example that when people what what you hear people say that refers to this is yeah you, you hear people say oh, fifty dollars doesn't doesn't go far anymore or, or yeah. something like that that's what they're talking about is that that purchasing power risk yeah look this is an interesting one because I think it's probably one of the the most underestimated risks it, yeah and where it's underestimated is that is that People just shrug it off. Yeah. Well, it's and, it's, and it's probably a, it's a really long term risk. It's yeah. a it's a long term risk. The the issue with it is though, um, what what because because you're going to need to continually draw more money during your retirement because yeah. the cost of goods and services goes up. Yeah. Even if it's only by one percent or two percent a year. Yep. Yeah. Um, what happens is you have to start your retirement off on completely yep. the right foot. And what I mean by that 
is that is that the first year that you retire, mm. it's absolutely crucial yep. that your money go, gets dressed and goes to work for you. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking you were going to use that, that, that <laughs> metaphor again. And, and actually, it, it, it makes significantly more than you're going to spend in that particular year, yeah. that first year. Because if you're on the back foot straight away, yeah. that's where it starts to compound. So yeah, if, if, if your money is going to work and making only $60,000 for you, yeah. And is. you're spending sixty thousand dollars first year, yeah. Um, you're in quite a bit of trouble because next year you need to spend sixty-one thousand dollars, sixty-two thousand dollars, whatever um, it is. Sixty-two. Yeah. So you start to eat in straight yeah. away, yeah. And then when you're in that slippery slope, yeah, what happens is that as you're eating into your, you're living off the yeah. return plus digging into the capital, even yeah. if it's only one or two thousand dollars, yeah. Um, what happens is that is that the the differential in that becomes quite large yeah. after even only five or six or seven years. Yeah. So so all of a sudden, yeah, you know, five years later, you're drawing um, sixty seven thousand dollars. Yeah. But by that stage, your your um, money making money is only making fifty six thousand yeah. dollars because of the fact that you ate into some of the capital. Yep. So. Um, I saw an ad the other day, yeah. and it was an ad from the '80s, and yeah. it was a brand new. They'd advertised a brand new Holden Commodore. It was a yeah. Holden dealership ad for the princely sum of eleven thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. <laughs> so, so that's a, so that's a I, perfect I, example. I looked at that and yeah. I thought, "Gee, that's amazing, isn't it?" So, so yeah. people, um, even though it was in the '80s, yeah. it's uh, yeah, certainly say thirty years ago. Yeah, but but that. What I, don't, I actually don't even know what a brand new Commodore is worth now. I think no. it's in the forties. Yeah, um, 30, 40, Yeah, something. Like so, so, so in that period of time, yeah, in a division also that has actually grown. Yeah. So that yeah. so the inflation in terms of well, what you well, can the, sell vehicles the, for the, has grown lower than what the average of, well, of, that's of some other things are. So the actual I looked at the numbers of this, and so the cost of living, the average inflation in Australia. It's basically more than doubled over the last thirty years. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, a, a basket. And I think the, there's all sorts of different metrics they use for this. But a basket of groceries is a good example of a kilo of flour and you know a liter of milk and all those things. A basket of those types of things, thirty years on, that has more than doubled. Mm. And so there are there are some some things that that have tracked by more more or less than that. But those are the sorts of things that. I think that makes it really concrete for a lot of people. And that's, mm. I guess, a good exercise is to think about, yeah, if you think about what it cost, you know, the, the analogy I always hear is people talk about when they used to go to the movies when they were a kid or mm. something like that, or, you know, mum and dad would send me down to the shop with, you know, $5 and I'd, you know, get enough food for us to, to all, you know, eat for two days, that kind of thing. That's that's what we're talking about with purchasing power risk is that yeah. the, the amount of dollars that you actually need goes up each year just to live the same lifestyle and it's it's sort of like you say it's something that people tend to underestimate or, or and then as soon as you as soon as you make it concrete for people like they, they switch like I had this with a client the other day where I was saying you know they want to live on about $50,000 a year so okay well if you want to retire in 10 years time that's probably going to be about sixty to $65,000 that you need to draw in that first year to live to live the equivalent of, of a $50,000 a year lifestyle they kind of looked at me a bit puzzled. And then as soon as I sort of explained what I meant by that, well, you know, things get more expensive, they, they could immediately look backwards 10 years and go, yeah. oh, yeah, of course, 10 years ago, things were, you know, 
where things cost a bit less than what they do now and yeah. things go up over time and you know, over 30 years you, you see that even more but that's that's something that I think intellectually everyone understands this like that everyone mm. everyone bought a car 30 well, I didn't but <laughs> everyone who's a client of ours is 55 yeah, they, they, they can remember what they paid for their first car or they can you know remember what their first paycheck was and that they could yeah. you know eat all week and go to the pub all weekend on that yeah. first paycheck even yeah. though it was, it was not much money and know that it's just something that we tend to forget about when we're planning for retirement yeah. uh, I think you know if you look at being 10 years out from retirement and then hopefully you know living if you're in a couple you're going to live for on average 30 years one of you's going to live for 30 years in retirement we're talking about 40,000 40 years sorry mm. that that you've got this effect so it's it's not noticeable every week things don't get noticeably dearer every week but over 40 years it's a huge huge difference yeah yeah for sure it is um, so that's that's I guess the, the the first risk and and this is something that not to me this one is not something that people tend to think of as and that's why I sort of we want to talk about it first because we'll go through all these other different types of risk but but whenever we're we're talking about these other ones the purchasing power risk is is a main trade-off that you need to make mm. you need to take this into account that we can't opt- optimize use that example before of if you're if you're getting a return in your first year of retirement of sixty thousand dollars and you want to live on sixty thousand dollars a year you really only have two choices you can you can either chew into your capital in that next year when you need to draw slightly more or you can reduce your lifestyle because mm. you, if you can only draw sixty thousand dollars a year out of there your lifestyle is going to be half of what it what it was after 30 years that's just that's just the facts that's that's how it is yeah and i think the i think so so purchasing power risk exists so what do you do about it mm. um look at it i guess the answer to all this will come back to planning yeah <laughs> But but it's 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 all about planning but, for it really. Yeah, that, that, it, it, that's it's all about the, actually okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Saying yeah, you know, we're here now. We've got ten yeah. years to go before we retire. Yeah. So in your example there, yeah, you know, that 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 meant sixty thousand dollars was yeah. seventy five thousand dollars yeah. of income. Yeah. So you know that that's your first year of yeah. your likely retirement is yeah. that you need to draw seventy five thousand dollars. So what would you need to do then in order to to get a return on your money of ninety five thousand dollars? Yeah. If, for example. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that you're taking seventy five thousand, but you're reinvesting twenty thousand dollars of that. So what sum of money would you need to have at yeah. retirement? Yeah. What rate of return would you need between now and then and into retirement to get there? Yeah. Look, it all comes back to planning. That that's it's, a yeah. A, a, it's it's really not. Once you take that into account, it's not really that complicated because you just then it's you're basically matching you're matching a future liability up with an asset where you kind of go okay well yeah. I know that in 10 years time I need $70,000 and then I know that in 20 years time I might need 100000 I need I need mm. that money in that year so you, you basically and this is this is I think the, the thing that we've kind of already jumped to the end point is that what you actually really need is in your early years of retirement you need your retirement savings to continue to grow Yes, and that's that's something that it takes a while for people to get their head around. That is that if you get to a million dollars, sorry, you get to one point five million dollars, and you draw seventy five thousand dollars a year out, you actually need that one point five million dollars to continue to grow over over that next ten years, because the actual amount that you're going to be pulling out of that in ten years' time is going to be much higher than seventy five thousand. So most people look at that as just a one off and go, okay, well I've pulled out seventy five thousand. 
you know, what 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 can I what did I return? I can pull that whole lot out. But yeah. we really need to see that continue to grow in that first five ten years, mm. just to make sure that you're not going to run out of money later on as that expense as the actual dollar amount that you need to pull out goes up over time. Yeah, and and look, I guess the other question that springs to mind is is what figure do you use for inflation? Yeah. Um, look, no one knows. Yeah. We tend to use three percent. Yeah. Well, the thing the thing I think about with a lot of that stuff is. Whether it's three percent, or whether it's two percent, or whether it's one percent or five percent, it, it's it's a figure. It's going to be something. So that's a good point because as long as you've accounted for something, yeah. so so to follow that example through, um, at three percent inflation, yeah. someone who wanted to retire today, if they're retiring today, sixty thousand dollars is what they'd need to live off. Yeah. In ten years' time, seventy-five thousand dollars. Now, um, whether inflation has had effect on that money so that they didn't need 75,000, they only needed $72,000. Yeah. Or on the other side, if they needed actually $78,000, yeah. they, they've accounted for it as best they could. Well, so you're going to be in the thereabouts yeah. Yeah, in that that's, scenario. So that's, that's, I think, there's a lot of these things and each of these risks, it's almost like a, because we don't know the answer, hmm. I mean, it's almost a, a confusing thing about you're planning for these risks, not knowing what is actually going to happen, but you know that it is something. It is going to be. It's going something. to be something. So, I mean, there's so many different theories on inflation now, isn't yeah. there? Because yeah. it's been relatively low yeah. for the last ten years, yeah. um, and but but governments around the world have thrown so much yeah. money into the economy. Yeah. So the theory is that yeah, yeah it'll, it'll the more money thrown into the economy, yeah. uh, the, the higher yeah. inflation will be. Yeah. Because there's more money circulating around. Yeah. We haven't actually seen it yet. Yeah. But. Um, it may come, but so, it, but so it, I mean, you just you you've got to yeah. go back to yeah. to sort of an uh, an average rate of return. Well, and I think this this is exactly right. Is that you, yeah. You know, it's it's almost because it's something that we can't control. Mm. We put a figure on it that is a historical average, and we go, it's probably going to be somewhere around there. Mm. And if it's not, we adjust as we need to. But you go, it's it's definitely you're better off saying it might be somewhere around three percent. And, and working on that, and it, you know, if it's one and a half or if it's four, then you're at least in the ballpark rather than not allowing for it at all. Yeah. And that's the same with all these different risks is that we don't know how it'll play out. We don't know what the future will bring. We can only look backwards at what has happened, but that's a, a better guide is to look backwards and say things will, you know, your $50,000 a year lifestyle will probably cost you 65000 in 10 years' time. That's more likely to be to be roughly true than to say $50,000 is going to cost $50,000. Yeah, $50,000 worth of goods yes. is going to be $50,000 in 10 years because that's just, it's just unlikely. That's right. And look, the other thing to do without even, without even factoring in what, what um, income that you need to draw in the first year of retirement, um, without even looking into that level of detail, um, just to merely look at, 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 on average, assets that have outperformed inflation. Yeah. That's, and yeah. and one way to think of it is that if I'm 15 years out from retirement or from yeah. two years out from retirement or from 10 years out from retirement, yeah. if I buy these assets yeah. that um, have traditionally yeah. um, outpaced inflation, yeah. then I get a value shift. Then, so if you yeah. if you if you want to know the difference between what a price shift and a value shift is, go back to our um, recent podcast that on gold, gold property, property and companies. companies. Yeah, but um, uh, there's a there's a there's a really interesting um, yeah. there's a really interesting difference there and there's there's it, you know if you look at actually I won't even tell you the figures because I'll let you do it for yourselves 
So go to there's a there's a, a website called politicalcalculations.com, I think it is, but if yeah. you just Google political calculations, um, and you can go on there. There's an S and P five hundred uh, uh, chart and a yeah. calculator. Yeah. So you can plug in at any step of the way through history. Yeah. Um, what what rate of return you would have got by investing in the largest five hundred companies in America? Yep. Um, compared to what the inflation rate was. Yep. So over time, what yep. I've seen in over long term periods of time is that the average rate of return on those top five hundred companies, with dividends um, counted into that, tends to be north of eight percent. Yep. And the average rate of inflation tends to be somewhere between three and four percent. Yep. So there's been a true value shift yep. there. If you if you started accumulating those companies and buying in all yep. the time uh, with your fortnightly contributions into your superannuation fund, what that mean what that meant is that over time the rate of return of those companies was returning uh, what inflation was returning plus a value add on that's, top of that as well. That's a really good point. I think yeah, we, we're sort of it's easy with each of these things to get bogged down in in the specifics of it. But you go, it's pretty simple really. If if you know that throughout retirement your expenses are going to go up in dollar terms. Hmm. The only way to offset that is to is to make sure that you, you have a rising income stream. So hmm. your income needs are going to be rising. You need a rising income stream. You need yep. more dollars. You need your money spitting out more money every year because your expenses are going to go up every year. It's, it's pretty simple. And it's the kind of thing where it's a hard thing for some people when you get to retirement because we are sort of conditioned to go, I'm at retirement now. I want to be in safe assets, I want to be in term deposits, I want to be in bank accounts, I want, I want money that I can touch and it's not going to be volatile, it's not going to move at all. And we talk about the other, the other risks of being invested in, um, in growth assets that are going to grow by more than inflation. But you, you, can't, you just can't afford to do that. You cannot afford to not get a return. And, and here's the problem, inflation. isn't it? So, so people inherently think um, low risk. Yeah. But what we call that is extremely high risk. The reason is yep. um, what they see when they when they talk about low risk yep. uh, are term deposits. Yep. And those assets, yep. if you could call them that, yep. um, have traditionally underperformed inflation. There's there's a, they track inflation. Yep. So if inflation's running at twenty uh, percent as it was in the eighties, yeah, yep. you get you got a fifteen, sixteen, seventeen percent. Interest, yeah. interest rate yeah. on your term deposit, you still actually lost out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, even ignoring tax, because you pay tax on that money, yeah. on that interest that you receive. But right now, you know, term deposit rates are around the 1% mm. mark yeah. and inflation, yeah. you know, it's different yeah. all the time, but yeah. let's say it's running 2%. at 2%. So, so the problem with that yeah. is that the more people own in term deposits, yeah. um, uh, their income needs to go up by, let's say, at least two percent a year. Yeah, but they're getting only a one percent rate of return yeah, on that money. Right. So, so very, very quickly, yeah. what is thought of as a safe and secure yeah. uh, thing to invest into becomes extremely risky for a lot of people because and, and, and if they have too much of that, yeah. they simply run out of money completely well, well, ten years into a thirty-year retirement. That's exactly the the point that uh, I guess the point that we're making with each of these different types of risk is that if you're only optimizing for one type of risk, then then if you if you're worried about your balance going up and going down, and you're optimizing to minimize that risk, then you would just put all your money in term deposit. But what that means is you're exposing yourself to a huge amount of purchasing power risk. And this, this is kind of what we'll get to with the different things is that 
there is no magic bullet here. There's no magic answer. There is only trade-offs between these things. But, but putting all of your money in retirement into a term deposit or something similar, it, it means that you are exposing yourself to a huge amount of purchasing power risk and that you are basically guaranteed, unless you've got, unless you've got a huge amount of money and, and you don't intend to spend much, you are, you are guaranteeing that you are going to run out of money in retirement due to that risk of that purchasing power risk. Yeah, and, I, and, and right now, with interest rates as low as they are, look, it, it becomes an easier thing for people to conceptually grasp yeah. Yeah, yeah. because of the fact that yeah. you, know, you, can, you, can, you can nominally yeah. say, yeah. okay, um, I need yeah. $2 million of term deposits just to pay me $20,000 a year. Yeah. Oh, my expenses are going to be $60,000. They're right. going to be three times that amount. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that seems ludicrous, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. However, uh, it's a little bit harder in terms when inflation and interest rates are higher. Yeah. Where people find it a little bit diff- more difficult to, yeah. to to make that equation. Yeah, so, that's right. So, so um, oh, that's that's let's worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so, but, so but it, it is a good point. Is to, this is the point that you're making there is for most people who who lived throughout that time where interest rates were so high. Mm. Is it you can't view that in isolation. You can't go interest rates were high, therefore that was it was all good. You could just be in terms. Of well, the issue with the eighties. I mean, you heard it all the time. People were taking redundancies. And they were putting money in a term deposit yeah. and actually getting a fifteen percent rate of return on that. Yeah. And they said, "Gee, that's it. That's that's equivalent to what I earned last year in, yeah. in earnings." Yeah. But, um, not taking into consideration that the cost of everything they were buying actually went up twenty percent yeah. in one year. Yeah. Um, so when they got fifteen percent, yeah, uh, as an income, yeah, they also paid tax on that, which dropped it down yeah. to about ten percent. Yeah. And you know the cost of everything was going up by twenty percent. So I mean, in those in yeah. those nominal, and when I say nominal, I mean the rate of return that you get before you take into consideration of inflation. Yeah. Um, nominal rates of return trick people all the time because fifteen yeah. percent sounds fantastic. Yeah. Only it's only when you look at the fact that you know everything that you bought twelve months ago actually went up by twenty percent in that particular year or yeah. those years. Yeah. Um, so so. Yeah, you know, what you what you have what you have now is is a situation where it's mm. the opposite end of that spectrum. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a, a a good point though, and I think that's that's so that's the main I guess to recap the main risk that we that that it, for most people is they get to retirement they've built up their retirement savings. The main risk is that they do not work that money hard enough. They don't get the return mm. that they need to fund a rising a rising income stream in retirement, which is what they're going to need as yeah. things get more expensive. So, yeah, um, yeah that, that's, I think, a, a good first one is that purchasing power risk, something to think about for most people that, that they may not have really taken into account. They know intellectually things get more expensive, but it is something that you really need to plan for, especially over you know, 10 years leading up to retirement and hopefully a 30-year retirement. It, it is going to have a big impact on your plan. Certainly over that time frame, absolutely. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.